This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. Grab your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 31 real quick. I'm going to preach right through the rainstorm. Time we get out, you'll be good to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted. Can I give you a few quotes real fast? I like quotes, and I didn't get a chance to do this in the last service. And because I prepared them, I may as well give them. How about this one? Women, if you want to agree with some of these, you can kind of give me a big amen. Here's a quote. A woman fit to be a man's wife is too good to be a servant. I would have, I, if I'd have been a woman, I'd screamed on that one. A woman fit to be a man's wife is too good to be a servant. Okay, I guess you don't believe that. I'll go on to the next one. The only time a woman really succeeds in changing a man is when he's a baby. A lifeguard told the mother to make her young son to stop peeing in the pool. And the mom said, now, listen, everybody knows that from time to time, young children are going to pee in the pool. The lifeguard said, yeah, but he's doing it from the diving board. So... Moms deal with situations, guys, that we as dads probably will never know they deal with. I heard about a, a, a famous female preacher told this story one time that she had two young girls. One was about, well, just under four. The other one was under three. Now, the one under three was rambunctious. She turned cartwheels. She jumped. She, she all the time just, you know, and the one that was the, almost four was very much, you know, not quite as active. So, she always dressed them up a lot for church. She put them in frill frills. And, and I mean, these little girls looked like they were going to a fashion show. And she took a lot of time with them. But she was scheduled to preach one morning. And she got up and did all this with her little girls. And everything was fine. She looked at her watch and, oh, my God, she, she finally got herself ready. How many of you know that mom, how many of you know it's a miracle that women even have clothes on when they get to church, when they got kids? <laughs> if you got kids at home, look what women go through before they even get out the door. She got herself dressed. She got to church. They're pulling in. And the little girl, the one that's almost three, says, Mommy, you forgot something. The mommy said, What did I forget? She said, You forgot to put my panties on me this morning. And the mom said, Oh, my God. Then she's, then she's seeing visions of her doing cartwheels and jumping around. And she's thinking, I'm preaching. What am I going to do? And she looked down. She, didn't, she couldn't go back to her house. It was t- she had to pull in right then and get to preaching. But let me show you how resourceful moms are. Moms looked over to the one that was almost four years old and said, take your underwear off and give it to her. <laughs> what? Take your underwear off and give them to her. And of course, that was the little girl that sat there very calmly and never jumped around. 
And she solved that problem just like that. How many of you moms can relate to how? Moms are resourceful. Wow. Moms are so, they solve problems that we guys don't even know they're solving. We just go, <laughs> and we don't even know that the moms are, are solving all kinds of stuff. Can you shout amen? Because we're, we're going to talk today about the value of a mom or the value of a woman. Now, I'm going to say something that's not in my notes because I want to bring it to your attention. Not every, every one of you ladies in here may not be a mother yet, or maybe you can't have children, or maybe you just aren't going to have children, whatever the case may be. Uh, never had children, never, never going to, whatever the case may be. But I still believe when you get involved in the body of Christ and you become a Christian, God will use whatever gender you are to help you mother someone or father someone depending on your gender. In other words, you don't have to be a biological mother necessarily to mother someone. Can you shout amen? I want to prove it to you. It's not in my notes. I read it between services. Go with me to Romans. I'm going to teach you something fun right here. Romans chapter 16. One little verse is huge. Romans 16 and 13. Paul's writing this letter and he decides like Paul was so apt to do in the latter part of his letter, sometimes at the beginning, but most of the time in the latter, he would call out people's names that, that were important in his life or he'd call out people that had given him trouble and he would name them. So we're in the latter part of the book of the letter to the Rome church and he's beginning to talk about people and in verse 13, he says, salute Rufus. Now this is not like, tell me something good. That's not that Rufus, Okay. It's not that Rufus. Chaka Khan had not made it yet, like I mentioned on Thursday night. She's not there yet. But he's talking about Rufus now. Here's, what, here's what's interesting. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Salute, Paul says, salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. So Paul has identified Rufus's mother as being a mother figure to him. She's not his biological mother, but she apparently has stepped in like in a role and Paul has identified her as a mother figure in his life. So for those of you that are not necessarily moms by, by birth, then I want you to think about that. But you want to hear something better? Let's find out who Rufus was. And remember, not Chaka Khan and Rufus, but, but Rufus, history says he was the son of Simon who carried Jesus' cross. Can, are you ready for this? That means that man was... From Africa, that man was black. That means Paul had him a black mama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul had him a white biological mama, but he adopted him a black mama too. I mean, you know what I'm saying right here. So, so you can have moms come in all colors, all shapes, all sizes. Praise God. Thank God for the moms. I had, I had a black mama. Her name was Miss Parker, Ma Parker. Most of y'all remember Ma Parker. She was my black mama. Don't think she wouldn't jerk the slack out of my chain. I'd go over to her little apartment at, at South Central Village 
to pray for her. I used to, I remember I told you this, I'd go over there to pastor her. She was a senior black lady in the church and she couldn't get out anymore. And I'd go over there to pastor her. Uh-uh, I would, I, when I went over there to pastor her, she was pastoring me. Let me tell you one thing. She'd do that. Let me tell you something else. Yes, ma'am. Let me tell you another thing here. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I'd walk out of there and she'd give me a stack of, of magazines and books. I want you to read every one of them. Yes, ma'am. I'll do it. I figured there was going to be a test the next time I went over there. And I told you guys the story. She would watch me preach when we were downtown in the old police building. She, and finally she said, why do you keep wearing those shoes that got those laces on them? I said, well, that's the shoes. No, no, no. You preaching up there, you looking down because your shoes coming on top. You don't need to be wearing those shoes, got no laces. You preaching up there, you need to have shoes that you slip on. You don't need to have shoes with laces anymore. I was like, Mom Parker, I'm, I don't have any money. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing what I got here. And the next week in the offering plate was either 60 or $80. Mom Parker, it had on there, this is for pastor's shoes with no laces. That's a true story. And about every six months, here come an offering envelope. Mom Parker here, pastor's shoes, no laces underlined with an exclamation mark. Can you shout amen? amen. Say everybody, everybody needs a white mama, black mama, brown mama. We just all need mamas. Don't we? We do. Amen. So I wanted to share that with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31, if you'll go quickly. Now, whenever you read Proverbs 31 and you're talking to women, Women that know this chapter immediately go, oh my God, he's going to read the chapter where the woman, she works with her hands and she's the mightiest woman in the world and she's the most beautiful and she's got this figure and, and all of her children love her and everybody tells her husband what a great gal she is and what a catch he's got and she's the wisest in the land. And how on the, Please, pastor, don't read that because I don't fit all that. But that's not where we're going today, so calm down. Look to neighbor and say, calm down. All right. The words of Lemuel, king of Massa, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. Now, history tells us this is actually King Solomon. So this was coming from Bathsheba, who we know uh, because of David and his adulterous affair. But I've always said back off of Bathsheba now, when the king commanded her to come, she didn't have any choice when he said, I want her to come to my house now. So we got to understand what happened there that day. But Solomon was eventually, he wasn't that child because that child died that she was expecting in that, that first part of that affair. But then when he had Bathsheba's husband killed, he had to take Bathsheba as his wife. And then they had children and one of them was Solomon. And that's where we get Proverbs from. There, there, Psalms of, and notice there, Solomon, which his mother taught him. Everybody say his mother taught him. Mothers are incredible teachers. Mothers don't ever underestimate the gift of teaching that is inside of you. You were born with it. It was put in you when you were born. God has given you an anointing to teach. And here's what Bathsheba was teaching her son. She said, what, my son? What, son of my womb? What shall I advise you, son of my vows and dedication to God? Give not your strength to loose women. Hello, men nor your ways to those 
who and that which ruin and destroy kings. And then, he, then she goes on, by the way, to tell him not to drink. Just, just for the record, if you'll read the next verse, she says, you don't need to drink because that's what destroys strength. Oh, I'm going to say it again so you'll hear it. The mama teaching wisdom to the son, and this will be to you young girls too. Just because you're young, well, we're partying and our sorority and our friends over here. Well, let me just go with the Bible on this. The only time the Bible really ever really encouraged what we would call the kind of alcohol that's available today is when someone was sick because they didn't have medicine. That's why he said a little wine for your stomach, and he was talking about people that had infirmities. They didn't have pharmacies in those days. Don't shout me down because I'm actually preaching really good. And the more you don't amen me, the more I stick on a subject. Just so you know how we preachers operate. Now, you can drink all you want to, and I know I say it all. You can leave here today and go have the biggest part of your life if you want to. But let's go back to what I said at the beginning. Do we want to get wiser, or do we just want to stay dumb? All right, I better not get on that, because that's my pet peeve, and you know if I get on it, I will camp there. We'll, amen? All right. We'll be singing the Campfire Campfire song in a minute. All right. Only about five of you even know what I just said. All right, so now, I want to, so verse 10 says, same chapter, Proverbs 31, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Who is he who can find her? She is far more precious. Everyone say far more precious. Far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies. I just want to spend another two and a half hours I want to spend a few minutes talking to you again about the value of a woman. And we're talking about a God. He said a virtuous woman. He said not, she said not a loose woman, but a virtuous woman. Ladies, you need to be virtuous. Amen. Let's just start right there and let's, let, let, let me say it here so you get it plain from the Bible and from a pastor who has, has to tell you that you need to be a virtuous woman. I don't care what your girlfriends are doing. I don't care what their habits are. I don't care what the trend of the day is. I don't care if this is just what we do. I told you a few weeks ago, we had, a young, we had one of our relatives, a girl in her 20s told us, yeah, I went out with him. Of course, we went to bed because that's what you do. I said, we both said, what? Everybody say, what? what? You got to kind of get up to that soprano, that, that, get up a little octave or two. What? what? There, that's better. I was shocked that she's trying to tell me that her generation understands that if you go out on a date with a young man, then of course it ends in sex. Really? Now, now you're going to make me slow down again because some of you are 50-something and you haven't gotten this right yet. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. You play us, you'll be hollering when you finally find a virtuous one, baby, come back. <laughs> By the group player, I mean, just want to, want to throw that in there so you know I know what I'm talking about. He said a virtuous woman is valuable. Ladies, you need, first of all, you need to put a value on yourself. You need to look at your, every woman in here and every woman online, I want you to say this out loud, say, I am valuable. Say, I am, I am precious. 
You need to esteem yourself that way. You need to look at yourself that way. You, if you don't put value on yourself, then you're, you are primed up for some slick guy to come along. Now, don't shout me down here. I'm trying to get past that. So I need a couple more amens to help me get on to the next point. Now, let's move on to the next point here. There are some people in your life that are so critical to you developing into who you were created to be. One of those people, I mean, it could be, it could be a mentor. It could be, it could be a pastor. It could be a teacher. I'm talking about a school teacher. Uh, it could be a coach. But I'm telling you, there's hardly anyone in your life that's more important than your parents. And today we're talking about moms. Now, let me tell you how important those people are. Those people can be in your life and they can leave your life. And I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead to the extreme. They can die, but they never leave your life. Even after, after they're dead, they're still in your life. I'm standing here and I say it at least five, six, eight times a year. I still talk about my sixth grade teacher, Miss Gaya, don't I? Her name was Miss Gaya, G-A-I-A. She was my sixth grade teacher, and I quit school like a goofball in my teens, but that teacher's words stuck in me. She said, William, you can do anything you want to do. Goodbye to an excellent student. You can become anything you want to become, and even though she passed years ago, that woman's words are still with me. Are you hearing me? Well, your mom is one of those people. My mom's been gone 28 years 28 years since my mom passed. And I, I told you this, I hear her voice every single day of my life. I hear my mom's voice. Ladies, don't underestimate your voice in your children's lives. Oh, you don't know. Mine's running wild and mine's out in the gutter. Mine's, you know, doing drugs. That mine in jail doesn't matter. Because eventually your words will win out. Eventually, your words will penetrate. God will send some water for that seed that you put in them. God's going to send water. Don't ever get discouraged. Don't ever quit praying. Don't ever quit saying. Don't ever quit believing that your children are going to turn out okay in the name of Jesus. I have a great verse for you. Go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 19. I was going to read this verse in the last service, I wind up not having time. And honestly, I turned my Bible over there to look for it and I thought it disappeared. And I knew better than that. So I want you to go over to Ezekiel here for just a minute. And I want you to go down chapter 19 of Ezekiel, verse 10. Ladies, I want you to grab hold of this. And I, I want every woman in here to feel the value that you have. And I want you to, I want you to understand the power. Everyone say power. I don't know if any of us knucklehead guys would be in church today if it hadn't been for some female praying for us somewhere. Mama, grandma, and, you know, somebody. Look here in Ezekiel chapter 19, verse 10. Your mother is like a vine in your blood. Woo! Your mother's like a vine in your blood. If you've got blood in your body, 
part of your mom still working inside that body. I don't care if you're 40 or you're 90. I don't care if you're 110. There's a part of your mom that's still in there. Can you shout amen? She was planted by the water. She was fruitful and full of branches by reason of many waters. You are, I'm telling you, mom, don't, don't you ever for a minute forget how far reaching your influence still is. I, if you're a woman and you're a mother in here, say, I have influence. Say, I have great influence. How many of you believe that's true? Amen. Amen. Now, um, I want to give you some scriptures to look up. I don't have time. I, I want to get these to you, but I want you to write them down. I gave them to the last group, but I should give them to you. Because we want to talk about this word precious and this word valuable. I looked it up. Uh, precious means this. It means things that are preserved and handled with care. Something that's precious is something that you handle with care. Um, I am a collector. If, how many of you collect things? How many of you are a collector of anything? I'm a collector. I collect uh, stamps. I have world stamps. I have a lot of U.S. stamps. I've been collecting since I was a little boy. And I've got, I've got, I've got an enormous collection. And I've got a lot that are probably just worth a few pennies. I mean, you know, just they're not worth a whole lot. But I've gotten some that I've collected over the years that are pretty amazing, you know, ones. And the ones that are worth something, oh, yeah, honey, they're in these things that are mounted where they got things protected over them and under them. And they're in a special book and they're in a special place because they're precious. Because, let me use a different word, they're scarce. How many biological moms do you get? That sounds pretty scarce to me. And I treat those particular stamps a certain way. I'm a comic book collector, not of all this trashy junk for the last 25 years. I'm talking about 50s, 60s, and 70s. I, I've got, and I've got this collection, and I've got some that are, you know, they're, eh, they're okay, a little damaged, probably not worth a whole lot, but I've got a few, man. And every one of them have a, spe they have special boards that you put under them to keep them from wrinkling, and they've got special bags you put them in to keep them right, and because I treat them differently because they're scarce. Now, I want to go this, say this again. Moms are precious. Mothers, you are precious. You are scarce. There's only one of you on this planet. Maybe your mom, you're, saying, but you're not talking about my mom. My mom wasn't good. My mom abandoned me. My mama was a loose woman. My mama didn't treat me right. My mama, my, okay, I hear you. My mom was way flawed. But I know this much, I wouldn't be here today without her. Not just physically, not just physically. I believe that God used that woman in a way that I'll never even understand till I get to heaven. So let's look at some things that are precious. Write this down. We're going to go real quick with this list. Number one, children are precious. Psalms 127 and verse 3 says children are precious. Sometimes they don't seem that way. But they are. Number two, the death of a saint is precious according to Psalms 116 and verse 15. God says the death of a saint is precious. That's a precious thing. The third thing, the word of God is precious. 1 Samuel 3 and 1, the word of God is precious. What does that mean? Valuable. 
It means it's scarce. It means it's, you, 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 you really want to pay all you can to have it. Yes. Number four, weeping for others is called precious. In Psalms 126, verses 5 and 6, it says, He that goes forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, precious, precious seed, shall doubtless come again. So when you're weeping for others, it's precious. Number five, the anointing is precious. Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3, that famous passage of how the anointing comes down from Aaron's head and onto his beard and goes to the bottom. It says, it's precious. The anointing is precious. Number six, wisdom is precious. That's Proverbs 3.15. Now listen to this. That you, did you know that wisdom is never, ever in the Bible referred to as he? It's referred to as she. When it talks about wisdom, it never says wisdom, get his. It says her, yet her. her. It refers to wisdom in the feminine. Guys, are you listening? Can you shout amen? amen? Now, Abraham and Sarah, we won't go there. Something's pretty interesting about Abraham and Sarah. There were two occasions, you need to read it around, saw, around Genesis 16, Genesis 20, those two chapters, somewhere in there, where they got into captivity. They got into a tight situation, Abraham and Sarah. And you know what got them out of it? Not Abraham's brains, not Abraham's money, not Abraham's prayers, but Sarah's looks. Sarah was a good-looking woman. And uh, once the king found out, oh, my God, that's not his sister. That's his wife. He, I mean, the king had a harem full of good-looking women, but he saw Sarah and said, baba boom. <laughs> now, let me tell you something else about this. Sarai was her name before it was Sarah, the H, the ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, on the end of it. Abraham was Abram, but then the ah, uh, Abraham, ah, uh, hum, hum. They each had the H added to their names. Now, listen to this. Here's what you need to hear, ladies. I'm going to give you a whole... I didn't give this to the last group. Sarah, Sarai, means princess. So every woman in here, you need to see yourself as a princess. Say, I am a princess. I know some of you say a queen, but let's go for princess today just so it gives you a different thought. When you get into queen, you're kind of dominating bossy. Let's get you back here where you're a princess. Let's get back over here to princess, which means you get whatever you want because everybody wants to please the princess. Well, you don't have to order it and put your foot down, okay? Let's stick with the princess idea for a minute. Anybody in God's house today but me? All right, but I'm going to teach you something. I'm teaching you something out of this. Sarai means princess, Sarah means princess, but when you add that H, it becomes possessive. Meaning when God changed her name to Sarah, he said, I know you think you know what your name means, but I want you to possess it now. That I'm literally going to make you a princess among women. Ladies, you need to embrace the fact that you have been given a name in Christ Jesus where you're not just thought about to be a princess. My goodness, you are a princess. Can you shout amen? It's good to be loose again. I have to tell this story, and I tell this illustration every year, but forgive me, they're the only ones I have. I'm not, I can't make up new ones. 
So I have to tell the story. You guys have heard it, but some of you haven't. I told the story that Ginger told and the one I'm going to tell in a minute that all of you have heard a million times. We had somebody tell me, I never heard that before. I was like, okay, well, good. And it was worth telling it. But I'll tell you this story first. You've heard this. Our oldest granddaughter, Kayla, who just turned 26. Wow, that's our granddaughter. We have a granddaughter who's 26, y'all. She just turned 26, I think it was. And when she was 12, we took Kayla with us on a vacation to South Carolina. South Carolina, like Orlando, and I think a place in New Jersey, unbelievably, has a thing called Medieval Times, a dinner show. How many of you have ever been to Medieval Times? So you understand what I'm talking about. Well, they, like every one of these places, they make you go into the gift shop area before you get to go into the theater and intentionally delay you for a few minutes so that you can buy some stuff. We had Kayla with us. She was 12. You've heard the story. And I said, hey, Kayla, Grandpa wants to buy you something in the shop here. I said, you pick out anything you want. I said, because we don't get to see her much. That's the stuff that costs a couple hundred bucks, I'm sure. I said, you can pick anything you want in that shop. I will buy it for you. Because I never get to see you. We only got to see her maybe once or twice a year in those days. And she said, I can have anything, Grandpa. I said, you can have any, Honey, you go in there, pick one item, but you can have anything you want. And she came back out in about three minutes. And I said, is that what you want? She said, I do. I looked down, it was 12 bucks. And it was a princess hat. And the Lord said to me, that's what every woman wants. She wants to be a princess. Can you shout amen? amen? So now we're still talking then about the value of a mother, the value of a woman, the value that you guys have. Uh, say it again, say I'm valuable. Amen. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple things to write down. So we've talked about the connection with women and the children. Write this down. So uh, what is a godly woman, a godly mother or woman, what does she look like? Number one, she never gives up on her children. A godly woman never gives up on her children. I mean, they just never give up. The whole world could give up. The whole world could turn their back. The justice system could turn their back. Their friends could turn their back. Everybody, and that doesn't mean that she doesn't see the, the, the errors and she doesn't, uh, it doesn't mean she agrees with. Now, this is important, moms. You're not supposed to agree with your children's actions if they're not godly, but you're still supposed to love them and pray for them. They won't respect you if you tell them you're godly and you sign off on their ungodly behavior. The thing that will finally convert them is you actually believe what you say. And you will finally get through to them at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I tell you one thing you won't do, you won't give up on them. I uh, heard this story. Let me give you some scripture. We won't turn there. First Peter 1.23. You know these scriptures uh, about moms and how moms, you know, and so on and so forth. The seed and different things. I, I'm going to tell you this story here about a little boy who uh, lived in Florida. And one hot afternoon, he did this before. There was a little pond out back of his house. And on a hot day, he'd run out there and jump in the pond. 
So the mom was doing dishes and she watched him as he started running and, and he ran out there and as he's going, you know, clothes are going off as he goes. I mean, here goes his shoes and here goes his shirt. And boy, by the time he gets down there, he's, he's in his little tidy whities man. He's jumping in. And she watches him jump in that pond and she's watching through the window. She see him and all of a sudden she looks and sees an alligator crawl in from the other side of the pond. She goes running out that door, I mean, as fast as she can, trying to get down that pond. She's screaming at him. About that time, he turns and sees the alligator coming at him. By the time she gets there to the shore of where that alligator was, of course, now he's began to grab hold of that little boy, and he has him by the legs. He's chomped on him. The mom reaches down and grabs his arm, and there's a tug of war going on. And that little boy's account says, I don't know what happened. All I know is my mom started screeching and screaming and hollering and accusing at that alligator and pulled and pulled on me. And she, next thing I knew, I came out of that alligator's mouth. He said, I went, so they went to the hospital and some of the local people wanted to interview him and ask him. Now, you know how little boys are. A lot of times if they get a scar, they go, look at this. I got that by playing football. Look at there. I mean, it's kind of like you're, I got a scar there. See? Now, women, they don't, they're not, they don't even want to see. But, but guys are like, see, I got that. See, I got that right there. And so they wanted him to show them the scars, and I wanted to give you what he said. Uh, so they said, well, show us where the alligator bit you. And he showed where the alligator's teeth were in his legs. It didn't, didn't tear them off miraculously, but showed the alligator teeth print in his legs. He said, but here's what it said. But he said, but wait, look at these. And with that, he showed the reporter the scars on his arms. He said, I have great scars on my arms too. I have them because my mom wouldn't let go. Now, some of you moms may have some wayward children that you feel like the, the world, the alligator of the world's got them. But I'm telling you, you keep pulling. You keep praying. You keep cursing that devil. You keep cursing that thing. You say, you're not getting my baby. You're not getting my daughter. You're not getting my son. I'm telling you, he's coming out of there. She's coming out of there. Can you shout amen? So this triggers... One of my top 10 stories that you only usually get to hear on Mother's Day because every Mother's Day week, I have invariably, I'm going to have one or two people say to me, Pastor, are you preaching Mother's Day? And if I am, they say, well, you tell the story. So you guys have heard it, but again, one or two probably haven't. I have to tell the jawbreaker story. Okay. So again, my mom is this tall. She's this tall. And by the time I'm 10, I'm not a big guy yet, but I'm already about as tall as her. And uh, we stop at a store and she gives me like, I don't know, a, a dime or something like that, maybe a quarter, which in those days you could get a lot of candy. Man, you're talking about you get a lot of candy for a quarter. You had a quarter, man, you stocked up for a while back in the day. I used to buy those little kits, K-I-T-S. There would be four of them in a package for one penny. I'd already figured out, you give me a quarter, Bless the Lord God Almighty. I got a hundred pieces of candy here. I'd go get me a few packages of the peanut butter, some of the chocolate, some of the strawberry and banana. Man, oh man. I was good. Well, that day I decided to get jawbreakers. And they had two jawbreakers for nickel and the jawbreakers were about that big around. About the size, of, a little bigger than a quarter. 
almost the size of a half dollar. And I used to put one in my mouth and I'd suck on those things because those things last 15, 20 minutes. Well, that day I thought I was going to be Mr. Big Stuff. I'm going to put two in. Bless God, I've already done one jawbreaker. I'm ready, I'm ready to graduate, man. I'm going, up, I'm going up to, I'm two jawbreaker status. I popped two of them in there and I started, we, we're going down the road, my little mom. Now she had to pile about four cushions up on the seat of the car, uh, you know, on the car seat because she was so short she couldn't see over the steering wheel. She'd put them in there and then she'd crawl up on top of them and sit so she could drive. My mama drove for nearly 50 years and never had a legal driver's license. <laughs> Never, ever, ever had a driver's license. I told you guys, man, I came from a wacky family. She's driving along. I'm sitting in the back seat. I'm sitting right behind her in the back seat. I'm just back there. I'm just, I'm just enjoying those jawbreakers, man. I'm, in, I'm like, man, I got it going on. And all of a sudden, one of them went around and went, and it went down into my throat, into my air passage. And she didn't know it. She had some music a little bit playing on the radio. And I'm sitting back there and I'm going. I can't say anything. I can't hardly move. And this has been going on now probably 30 seconds. And I'm beginning, I'm beginning to pass out. I'm dying. Literally. I can't get her attention. Somehow or another, she looked in that rear view mirror. She looked in the rearview mirror and she saw me. The next thing I know, that little Chevy 2 is what she drove, little blue Chevy 2. She wheeled that, that thing went over to the corner. She jumped out of her side. She opened my door. She grabbed me out of the back. She held me by the ankles and pounded my head on the concrete of that road. And those jawbreakers came out. And that is a true story. My mama literally saved my life. That little bitty old woman that I thought couldn't lift 20 pounds had me by the ankles pounding my head. Now, I know that's not how they teach you in the EMT classes, I know. But I'm telling you, it worked for me. Can you shout amen? All right, we're almost done. Number two. A godly woman or mother is a crown for her husband. Proverbs 12 and 4 says, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. Crown is something that's distinguishable. And it's, it marks that if a person wears a crown, I mean, if they walk into a room with a crown, you know that they're, they're separated from some other folks when they walk in. Can you say Amen. A woman uh, who's a God, now we're talking about godly women here. We already got warned about the loose ones. Don't be a loose one. Don't be a loose young lady or older lady. Don't matter what your girlfriends are doing. But if I don't, that he won't ever ask me out. Good for you. You dodged that one. Thank God that 10-year ramp, you're not going to have to get off on that one. That it's going to cost you. I'm going to be careful. Uh-huh. So said every other something million before you. Oh, don't get me going back there again. But a, a virtuous woman, a godly woman is a crown to her husband. It's amazing how a good godly woman can bring out the best in a man that wants to be better. Amen. 
Now that man has got to want to be better. If he's just a player, the schemer, then, you know, don't waste your time. But if he wants to be better, then that woman can make him a better man. I told some folks after the first service, capsulize, you know all of this, but to frame it the right way, I said, when Pastor Ginger chose me, man, she chose a winner, baby. She chose a winner over here, y'all. I weighed 140 pounds. I was a high school dropout. I had a 1970 Vista Cruiser station wagon with a tractor tire on the front. <laughs> I, had, I had a job with no work. <laughs> I had a three-year-old girl left from my first marriage that was sick, praise God, and I had no credit. No wonder she chose me. Why would she choose me? Here's why she chose me, and this is why walking with God is so important. She'd been praying. And God showed her something about me. And when we got married, she being the crown, a virtuous woman's a crown for her husband, she was able to bring out stuff in me that I didn't even know was in there. Now, ladies, if you are married, you don't need to be, you, need, you don't need to be a weight to your husband. You need to be a crown to your husband. Be a crown to your husband. Can you shout Amen. Oh, man, we're almost done. Can you handle just a couple more real fast here? Number three, a godly woman is beautiful inside, not just outside. Inside's more important. Sadly, short slip, you know, you don't know what you're getting. That inside's going to be what's important for the long haul. The Bible talks a lot about how beauty is fleeting and all of these things. And I'm going to give you scripture. We don't have time to turn there. First Peter 3, 3 and 4 says, don't let your ladies, don't let your beauty just be what you can do on the outside. But it says in these scriptures, let it be what's on the inside first. Now, it's okay to dress up. It's okay to wear makeup. It's okay to wear makeup. It is okay to wear makeup. I'm just saying. Just saying. Whatever it took to get his attention, don't scrape it off afterwards. Go ahead and stick with that for a while, all right? Boy, we say some stuff over here, don't we? Man, oh man. Finally, number four, a godly woman or mother is a family or legacy keeper. I love these verses. We won't read them. But in 2 Timothy 1, we see where Paul calls out a young man named, named Timothy. And he's a young guy. And Paul could have written letters to a lot of people, but he chose to write one to Timothy. And the reason he did, he said, I see a kind of faith in you and a kind of persistence in you that I don't see everywhere else. But then Paul says, but I do know where you got it. He said, it was your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and you've got what she got. And ladies, I'm telling you, I want to say it again. You are valuable. You are precious. And I want to say it one more time. Your influence is greater than you think. Your prayers are stronger than you think. Don't be moved by what you see and what you hear. Well, my son, 24. My son, 37. It, well, I'm telling you what, then you just pray another day. Just keep, just get up tomorrow and stay at it. You pull him out of the jaws of that gator. Can you shout amen? amen. And let me finally say this about things that are precious. 
and things that are valuable. The Bible says that if a man finds a pearl, he'll give everything for it. If he finds a treasure in the, in the field and finds out there's treasure there, he'll sell out. Young men, if you've already become married, you need to be satisfied. You don't need to be looking, shopping, gazing, staring, flirting, imagining. You need to just run with the wife that God's given you. Now, let me say this as a caution. Those of you that are blessed to have a mother still living, don't take them for granted. Because there will come a day where they will not be here. Oh, no, no, my mom's young. She's going to live forever. Okay, that's a great statement. And I'm glad you're praying for and saying it. And we pray she lives the maximum years. But if both of you live out your years in natural order, she will be gone one day. Don't take her for granted. You know, things that aren't valuable today can become valuable tomorrow. Last year at this time, people were cheating and lying and ready to fight for a roll of toilet paper. There were people, we saw this one day, there were people that would go into a, a store that had toilet paper and they'd have like one, limit one. They'd go in 20 minutes later with the disguise on. Give me another roll of that toilet paper. And I thought, my God in heaven, has it come to that? The day before, I mean, you can find it everywhere, man. And you just fall off and hit you when you went in the store. All of a sudden, all of a sudden when that thing got scarce, my God. Remember, how many of you watched The Lord of the Rings? You ever watched any of those movies? It's okay to admit it in the house of God. They were fairly clean, a little weird, but clean. We watched them. But remember, they're precious. They're precious. <laughs> they're precious. You know. All of a sudden, the toilet paper became the precious. You know. <laughs> You don't need to go to the comedy club. Just come over here, man. We'll, we'll take care of you. Amen. Don't take your mom for granted. Don't let it be like some people are when they're gone, then they realize what they had. Call her today. When you leave here, if you've got a mom alive, call her. If you can, hug her. If you can't get there, FaceTime her. You know, Skype, whatever's left. I don't know all the different things you can do anymore now, but whatever you can do, make it as personal as you can make it. And ladies, I want to say it one more time. Say this out loud, ladies. Say, I am valuable. I am precious. Yes, you are. Say, I'm a princess. I'm not kissing any frogs. God has, if you're not married, I see Ma out there from Rhode Island. Now, see, I have a, ma, I have a mom up in Rhode Island. How about that? Emily and Lily, all of you guys, I pray for them all the time. The family up there in Rhode Island, I pray for you guys. Uh, and uh, everybody needs, esteem mothers, gentlemen, if you're married, esteem. If, you're, if your wife has given you a child, you should esteem her. You should take care of her and you should value her. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. 
We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.